There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome to Machine! All right, welcome back to the Dark to Light Show. My name is Josh. A happy Monday to everybody out there. And uh, I was just checking out the markets, looking at what they're doing. And, you know, it's green throughout the board, but it makes no sense whatsoever. If you follow the market, I've been following the market since 2010. I was a day trader for a long time. I realized that uh, I was much better talking about it than I was actually doing anything with it. I'm joking. I'm joking. I did, uh, I did very well for myself. But, you know, you get things like... Uh, Silver is is up today, you know, Bitcoin is up today, everything is up today. The S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the Russell, everything's up today. And and you got to wonder, you, you seriously got to wonder, is that the capital markets are freezing up, right? There's, there's, no, there's no money flowing into businesses right now. There's no innovation happening. The top major companies out there are saying that they're going to lay off millions of people over the next few months. We have inflation at the highest rate that it's been in 40 years. We have absolutely horrible economic policies. We have the government and the Federal Reserve printing money just to stimulate the economy, doing radical things like student loan debt relief. And the market goes up. You know, Michael Burry, um, if you don't know who he is, he's an investor, but he was also the guy that was uh, um, in the spotlight during a movie called The Big Short. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend you watch the movie The Big Short. Uh, Michael Burry is the uh, the guy who's talked about in this movie, but he's uh, an investment banker. Well, not an investment banker, but he owns a hedge firm. And uh, his hedge fund basically takes in other people's money and then utilizes it and invests it. And Michael Burry was a mathematical prodigy, incredibly intelligent human being who's done very, very well in the markets. In 2008, well, 2007, actually, let's back up a little bit. 2007, he came out and called the subprime mortgage failure. Um, he said that, hey, this doesn't look good. They're, they're, um, they're rating these bad mortgages as AAA, as the top rating, and then selling them to basically gullible investors. He said eventually what's going to happen is, uh, you know, basically they're out there giving mortgages to people who can't afford them, waiving all the fees, uh, you know, lowering the interest rate as much as possible. And those people will eventually foreclose on those houses. And he saw it coming. And he screamed and said, hey, look, this isn't good. We got to do something. And no one listened. So what he did is he went to the major banks, the major investment institutions. And he made a deal with them. He said, hey, I want to short all of your, uh, your, your bonds with subprime mortgages. And they laughed at him. But they took his money. And at one point in time, he was, I think he was paying like $300, 400000000 million um, a month 
in the interest just to keep those short positions open. And he had a lot of investors leave his fund. But eventually, he made billions off of that short position because he was right. And uh, historically, he has been right. 2001, 2008, 2014... Um, you had 2020 when he talked about COVID. And so just recently, uh, about a month and a half ago, Michael Burry took his uh, hedge fund and sold off all of their positions. Apple, Amazon, Google, all of it. Sold it. And he bought one small company in their holding. Now, what's interesting, the company's called GeoTrack, I believe. What's interesting about this is that the company is a private prison company. It's called the Geo Group. That's what it is, the Geo Group. And it's a private prison company out of Florida. Now, this was a few months ago that he did this. And I was wondering, like, what does he know that we don't know? Well, sure enough, this just comes out. Governor DeSantis activates National Guard at state prisons. In a bid to aid correction officers amid staffing issues at prisons, the Department of Corrections is authorized to employ over 20,000 correctional and correctional probation officers, almost a quarter of the state's employees. The governor ordered stated, noting that there is currently a severe shortage of officers that threatens the safety of inmates, officers, and the public. The state corrections agency said the National Guard members will be deployed as a supplemental measure to security posts at some institutions. They'll be supervised by respected prison wardens or similar staff, the agency said. Now, I find this incredibly interesting because when you hear things like this, Michael Burry makes this prediction that the economy is going to collapse and then puts, all of his in, puts a little bit of his investment into a private prison group in Florida. And then two months later, Governor DeSantis basically declares a national or a state emergency pertaining to the prison system, which what's going to happen is they're going to supplement that after the National Guard with private prisons, which Michael Burry will probably make millions off of. But look what's happening in liberal states. Illinois, for example. Second-degree murder, third-degree murder, kidnapping, arson, armed robbery, you will no longer be held in jail for. Much others do, rape, so forth. If you do any of those high-level crimes, the state of Illinois says, uh, well, you're, you're just free to walk, you know. We'll, uh, we'll book you, we'll take your information, and then you can just show up to your court date. That's not only Illinois that's doing that. New York State's doing that. California's doing that. Washington, Oregon. Then we have these other states out there that have the George Soros Attorney Generals. If you don't know about this, George Soros in 2018 and 2020 funded the campaigns of multiple attorney generals across the country, getting many of them elected. Just recently, the attorney general in San Francisco, Silicon Valley area, was recalled and replaced. He was a George Soros AG, and that was because of the amount of crime that is running rampant within that area. Now, many of these attorney generals their platforms that they ran on was very similar to what BLM and Antifa were talking about after the George Floyd riots. 
This is get rid of the police departments, reduce the manpower, reduce the budget. And the governors that came in in these liberal states, what did they do? They did exactly that. They cut the police budget in half and they reduced the manpower. These attorney generals came in and they started making different changes like uh, we're not prosecuting uh, these murderers. We're not going to prosecute these arsonists or these armed robbers. And they started releasing various different violent criminals from prison. Now, do you begin to see how this is all connected? That you have a governor in a conservative state basically amping up his prison force. In liberal, radical states, they're reducing the amount of people in prison. Now, they're going to come out with some great numbers statistically showing, oh, we've reduced the amount of inmates in prison by this much and saving the state this much money. But what they're not telling you is the amount of crime and the amount of violent actions that are being perpetuated within the cities and the rural neighborhoods. If you go back to something I've talked about, the, the firestorm event, one of these parts is social and cultural destabilization, and this happens through the progression of crime and violent crimes within communities that begin to spread. First, it starts with breaking in the cars, a little bit of robbery here and there, damaging some property, and then eventually it turns to violent crime. As criminals begin to see that police are undermanned or don't have the capacity to arrest them and detain them and hold them, criminals would become more and more daring, which means that they'll begin to go into urban and suburban neighborhoods. We're already seeing this throughout the country. Once they start going into those neighborhoods, all hell is going to break loose. This is where you have social destabilization that occurs. People start blaming, pointing the finger, and crime starts rising with the state doing absolutely nothing pertaining to it. DeSantis knows this is coming. DeSantis understands this is coming. Michael Burry knew this was coming. I've said this before. When we look at the grand conspiracy that's unfolding, when we, when we look at how the narrative is moving forward, we know that they are prepping the United States of America, the Western nations, NATO, the world, or World War III. Do I believe it's going to be a nuclear conflict? I wouldn't put anything past these people. But I do know that if World War III breaks out, it'll be a dual, the, the three-fronted war. That our military does not have the ability, the capacity, the efficiency to fight one war right now, let alone three. Recruitment rates are dropping below national average. People are leaving the military in troves. The military is ejecting people out due to vaccine mandates. And frankly, people just don't want to serve their country because, well, the military is woke. And so this brings up a very curious situation. If the United States goes to war, that means that they would have to implement a draft. Before they ever implement a draft, they will call up all the veterans and return them to service. Then, after that, they will call up the draft. All 18 to 45-year-old aged men will be sent to war. 
If not, you'll be sent to prison. So what happens when all the 18 to 45-year-old aged men are sent overseas to fight a war? And crime is running rampant within our cities and local communities. Attorney generals are doing nothing. Governors have become lax and reduced the police force. When we have 4.1 million illegal immigrants that cross the Mexico border this year, the majority of them, 18 to 25 year old men that are coming up through Venezuela, that are being shipped to Venezuela from Northern Africa, trained in Chinese militant camps. Philip Haney, the DHS whistleblower, called, called the ball on this back in 2010. How there was a radicalization happening within the DHS, the FBI, within the Barack Obama Department of Justice. That the Muslim Brotherhood had infiltrated many aspects of our government and were setting up sleeper cells throughout United States cities. See how this is all happening? See how this all goes? See how it's all connected? All right, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right for this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right. Back with the Dark Delight show. 
And yeah, we're talking about the coming global superstorm, if you want to call it that. With all of its bells and whistles. Uh, that's not really what I wanted to talk about today. I just kind of got on a little rant about Michael Burry, and, and sometimes that happens. But I think it's important to understand where things are heading. On top of that, I, w- I wanted to point this out. If you remember the public service announcement that came from New York City a few weeks ago about nuclear preparedness. Back in 2018, Donald Trump declared September National Preparedness Month. This is where we should take concern that certain national, certain different types of national disasters, crises, and cataclysms can happen, and we need to be prepared. Well, New York City did one on nuclear preparation in, in the sense of nuclear war. And it was absolutely absurd what they were talking about. You know, pack some uh, hydrogen peroxide in your bag and some cotton balls. Don't forget a bottle of water and a flashlight, some extra batteries. And if you see the nuclear blast, what you need to do is go to your New York City apartment, close all the glass windows, and take a shower. And then sit there and wait for your government to come help you. Sure. Well, you die. (laughs) I mean, if, you know, my father, incredibly uh, amazing human being. He once said, Josh, you know, when I when I grew up, we had the threat of nuclear war with the Soviets. And uh, we were always taught, you know, in school to to tuck under the the desk. I'm going to tell you right now, if you see a big flash of light, run towards it because you're already dead. And if you know anything about nuclear weapons, that's most likely the truth. And so, you know, the New York City preparedness video was just a public service announcement. Preparedness video was absolutely absurd. Uh, But Denver just did one over this last weekend in celebration of National Preparedness Month. And it's interesting because there's this rumor that apparently something's going to happen in Denver on or around September 24th. Now, I live in Denver, well, outside of Denver. So I take things like this kind of seriously because, well, it, it Denver has never done anything like that. They're handing out um, what we call wig-out bags, right, or bug-out bags, various different preparedness bags throughout the city. In case something does happen, you know, Denver's a, a, an incredibly safe city. Um, it is the one city and state in the country that basically does not have any natural disasters. Occasionally we get wildfires, but they will never come down into the Denver, Colorado area because there's not enough vegetation for them to make it down here. Occasionally we have a tornado touchdown, like an F1, but we get a lot of, sometimes we get a lot of snow, but nothing too severe. Some hail, some thunderstorms, but nothing severe. And so, with everything happening, you just got to take concern and preparation. And, and that's why I tell you these things. Because we always need to be prepared for anything and everything that happens. i much rather be prepared for something to happen than not be prepared and have it happen. Because then, well, then that's just not a good situation to be in. Then you're scrambling. Then you're trying to make it out of the highway when everybody else is trying to make it out of the highway. You're trying to get out. Of, you're trying to get the Walmart to get supplies while everybody else is at Walmart getting supplies, raiding the shelves. You remember the the toilet paper crisis of 2020? 
Exactly. Same thing. Can't wipe your butt these days during a national disaster because everybody's buying the toilet paper. So I, I say that first segment that we were just talking about there is, you know, be vigilant. Understand that there is a war going on between various powerful factions in this world. And that war tends to manifest within our streets. That there's various side effects that come about from that. That anything can happen this day and age. And I think everybody out there understands that. And so, you know, one thing that we do is we have kind of checklists, right? I live in a, an HOA community. It's like 250 people. But one thing we do is we take notes of resources, local resources, of where to go, where to be, where to meet up, what type of supplies that we all need. There's about 10 of us, right? What type of supplies we all need. Various locations of elderly people where if power goes out, we need to go over there and get some alternative power hooked up because medically they're, they're, um, they're dependent upon it. These are the types of things that you have to think about this day and age. I know it's 2022. We're, you know, the most highly advanced civilization on the planet. But you got to think about what happens when the power goes out. You got to think about what happens when a natural disaster hits. You got to think about this day and age. What would happen if a nuclear bomb went off? Or a biological and chemical warfare attack? Or a terrorist attack by a radical sell we have to think about those things and I don't mean to be doom and gloom but it's the truth yesterday was September 11th the 21st anniversary of September 11th do I need you do I need to remind you what happened on that day you remember the whole conspiracy theories that came out about September 11th remember it was Michael Moore Right? Fahrenheit 9-11. Michael Moore is the one who blew the whistle on this. This is, this is a guy that believes, you know, I think he, he's transitioning, wears a wig, and he's a flaming liberal these days, loves Joe Biden. Back in the day, he was the one who blew the whistle on it. He talked about Donald Rumsfeld the day before September 11th happened, talking about $1.3 trillion of defense funds misappropriated and not being able to be found. And that they were going to investigate it. The plane just happened to hit the accounting department at the Pentagon, destroying all the documents related to the investigation that he declared the day before. That's not convenient. And I say plane because very, very loosely because it wasn't a plane that hit the Pentagon. Anybody who deals in missiles, weapons, and defense and understands ballistics will tell you that that was a missile. That wasn't a plane. And that just happens to be what... I did in the military. One interesting thing about a plane is they say that the 767 that flew into the side of the Pentagon was traveling at about about 550 miles per hour. Anybody out there a pilot? Can you fly a 767 at ground level at 550 miles per hour? No, you can't. It's actually physically impossible. It's against all known laws of physics. The displacement of the air would push you back up. Now, I don't, I don't doubt that real planes flew into the Twin Towers. I don't know about the whole CGI thing, all that. But two planes flying into the Twin Towers didn't bring down those towers. 
at near freefall speed. They also didn't bring down building number seven, known as the Solomon's building. If you remember, at I think it was about 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on the BBC, they aired about a seven-minute clip talking about Building 7 and how it was collapsed, how it tumbled into its own foundation. All the while, the Solomon's Building, Building Number 7, was right on camera behind them, standing. It had not collapsed. And then we watched Building 7 collapse about 15 minutes later. And it was a picture-perfect controlled demolition. When the Twin Towers fell, it's interesting because, you know, all those steel beams disintegrated. Disintegrated! Oh my god, you know, pancake effect. Boop, 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 and all those steel beams disintegrated. We're going to talk more about September 11th in just a minute. I'll be right back with more Dr. Light Show. Dark Delight with Josh Reeb on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight Show. And I'm talking about September 11th. And I'm talking about the conspiracy theories that uh, that came about from this. Because this was one of the last major type of cataclysmic disasters that happened in this country that basically spawned a whole reign of tyrannical rules, policies, and laws known as the Patriot Act, the Defense Authorization Act, all these different things. So we're, we're meant to believe that two planes fly into one of each towers by pilots who had less than six weeks of training, who have never flown a commercial airliner, who hijacked the plane with box cutters. And they fly these planes directly in to these towers. And then a few hours later, the towers collapse. Not like you know, split in half and the top tips over and falls down. No, no, no. They collapse into their own foundation. Starting at the top, kind of a pancake, boom. But they do it at free-for-all gravity, which means that is if you drop the ball at the top of the Twin Towers, at the same time that the towers fell, the ball and the tower would hit the ground at the same time. Now, see, there's problems with that. Because we're talking about massive steel I-beams. We're talking about concrete floor slabs with various different types of rebar and metal foundation that all would have to be moved out of the way in order for that building to fall at that rate. Now, some people suspect that there was what we would call dues used in this, directed energy weapons. Or Nikola Tesla technology, where you produce a resonant effect within the structure of the steel beams, which basically disintegrates their molecular bonds and turns them to ash. But there's other simpler explanations. 
just so happens that the security company that operated the Twin Towers was the cousin of George Walker Bush. <laughs> Owned by the cousin of George Walker Bush. I know, right? It's just a weird conspiracy theory. But it's true. It's all true. Um, the Friday before the Twin Towers were actually closed down for elevator maintenance. And groups of men spent all weekend in the Twin Towers, in the elevator shafts. What do the elevator shafts do? Well, they go up and down the structure of the building. There's pictures taken by the FEMA photographer on September 11th of steel beams that held the, tw the Twin Towers up, cut in 45 degree angles, like melted. We know there's a thing called nanothermite. When nanothermite is added to various different explosives, it basically disintegrates metal. Now, in the dust, in the aftermath of 9-11, many people got mesothelioma, lung cancer, and many other types of respiratory diseases. Within many of these people, it was found various traces of nanothermite. Very interesting. And so did these, uh, these people that were working on the elevator shafts uh, go in there and cut some of these beams at 45 degree angles, add some nanothermite in there, and then set explosives. There's multiple different uh, reports of explosives going off inside the buildings. It's, it's like the flat earth conspiracy. People don't realize just how big and massive those buildings are. How much of a steel structure those buildings actually have. Compared to a 767, which is basically aluminum, soft metal, and plastic. And jet fuel, um, well, yeah. Jet fuel will explode when the plane hits. Okay, great, but uh, the burn rate of that is not going to melt steel. Now, what's interesting, some inside information for you. I worked at the Washington Navy Yard um, in Washington, D.C. from September, or from, uh, sorry, December 2007 to about uh, September 2010. And I was a military police officer over there. I worked for the police department, protective services. And, uh, well, I was active duty. And an interesting event happened. I was a member of an organization known as the Oath Keepers during the time. This was 2007, 2008. They formed in 2007 in April. Um, I joined in June of 2007, one of the, I guess, one of the first 500, 200, 300 members or whatever it is. Um, no longer associated with them, by the way. But, um, you know, we had a lot of things going on with Ron Paul and a lot of work going on to help Ron Paul get into the presidency. We were in Washington, D.C. We put on a lot of different events. Um, and, and, and I worked with these people to, to help bring that about. One of the things that we were doing is we were bringing about um, some people from 9-11 to speak at an event. One of them was the FEMA photographer. And if you don't know the story about the FEMA photographer, this is one that you have to hear. Uh, I want to pull up something real quick. There it is. Okay. This is one that you have to hear. So. What happens is the FEMA photographer 
comes on site on September 10th, right? Comes on site September 10th. He's in Central Park, and they're running various different um, scenarios, kind of like war game scenarios type of thing, right? But this one was in the advent of a terrorist event in New York City, in Central Park. Just so happens that the next day was September 11th, and, oh, look, FEMA's already there, already deployed. And we have uh, everything that they need there, <laughs> including the photographer. Well, this guy goes out there and starts taking photographs of the aftermath of September 11th. Now, what's interesting is if you remember seeing the, uh, the picture of the plane engine, right, of the 767 engine, which was said to have uh, disintegrated on impact. You remember seeing the pictures of the terrorist passports? Remember seeing pictures of the uh, of the safe open in Building Seven? All these different things. This was this was this guy. Now, what's interesting is his pictures went against the narrative that was being told through the mainstream media and through the 9/11 Commission report. So much so that he took those photos and began releasing them to the public, and the government didn't like that. Next thing you know, his daughter gets murdered. He gets blamed for it, and he flies out of country to a non-extraditable country. Well, in 2007-2008, he was going to come back and testify, give his, uh, his testimony about what he witnessed. How there is no way that planes did that. That it was all planned. That it was all scripted. Now I find that kind of interesting. Now also one of the other things that I've talked about. Is that. If you remember me mentioning Raisin Dan Kane. General Kane. Who was a major back during this time. He was one of the pilots over Washington D.C. For the uh, the D.C. Air National Guard. Now, he was one who was given the do not shoot order by Dick Cheney, which doesn't make any sense because Dick Cheney has zero military authority. Well, see, in 2009, this was June 22nd, 2009, I was working and uh, we had the Metro DC train crash. This is one of the, uh, like the subway trains in DC crashes. And that day, we, we were actually about two days later is when we were going to have this event where that guy was going to come in and another guy was going to come in. The other guy that was going to come in was a special guest that nobody knew about, but his name was Major General David Worley. And he just happened to be the one in charge of all airspace over Washington, D.C. during that time. So he was the commander of Raisin Dan Kane. Well, I'm working this day, and two days later we're supposed to have this event, I get a notification that the, uh, the FEMA photographer has canceled. He's not coming. And he says, uh, there's, there's too many threats. And the Metro DC train crash come, happens. Then we get word that David Worley, Major General David Worley, died in the 2009 Washington Metro train collision. Now we start investigating this. Is the mechanical brake failed? The electric brake failed? The, the third level failed? Nine people died. David Worley and his wife were in the first car. 
What's even more interesting is at the Navy Navy Yard Police Department, we get what's called a BOLO, or be on the lookout. And it just happens to be this one guy that, as the story goes in the BOLO, this guy showed up on scene before first responders, was sifting through the debris of the Metro train crash. He wore a defense protective services badge, which is the, the Pentagon Defense Services, Pentagon Police, and was driving a green Jeep Grand Cherokee with emergency lights on it. When asked for his credentials, he could not provide them. He was detained by the police department and taken to the police, uh, the police department. And uh, he would fail to show an identification. He failed to show credentials. He couldn't validate who he was. And then it says, a general from the Pentagon showed up an hour later and demanded his release, of which he was released to the general's custody. It comes to find out that that was not a general. And his credentials didn't check out. And this guy that they're looking for and this general basically just ran a scam on the police department and they let him go. And now they're looking for him. Don't you find that interesting? Typically, that's what happens when intelligence agencies do hits on people, is they confirm that the person they were trying to get is dead. And I think that's exactly what happened there. So it's kind of like this whole 9-11 conspiracy begins to unfold because David Worley knew something happened. He knew he was given the do not shoot, shoot orders for a reason. He understood that it probably wasn't a plane that flew into the Pentagon. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. 
My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight show. And man, this show goes by so fast. I mean, it's like the fastest hour of my day, I'll tell you that much. But we were talking about September 11th. We are talking about... Uh, Major General Worley there, how he passed away in 2009 on that D.C. Metro train crash, which uh, was most likely uh, hit through the intelligence agencies because of what he knew and what he understood and about the people he was talking to. Um, So what does it all mean? It means that these people are capable of just about anything. It means that you, me, and everybody else has to be prepared for certain things that could potentially happen in our world. Global economic collapse, World War III, nuclear war. I mean, I wouldn't rule that off the table. There's so much rhetoric going around right now that it seems very, very plausible. And see, we're in a a transitional state of the world. There's people out there that want to make this world their own. They want to control it. The hell and high water. They want complete authoritative control. They want all sovereignty gone, extinguished. They will call the human population. They are already on board to do that. I don't know if you guys saw uh, this this recording. It was uh, it was on the Epoch Times, and it was an interview with Dr. Uh, Samuel uh, Sigaloff. And he just happens to be one of the Department of Defense whistleblowers. He's actually active duty uh, military. Currently active duty military. He's a doctor in the military. Him and Lieutenant Colonel um, Long are another whistleblowers. But this is one of the guys that blew the whistle on Project Salus. This is where you have massive medical conditions happening within the DOD um, personnel that took the vaccine. Well, he was talking about this on the Epoch Times on an interview that they've identified within these nanolipid uh, particles that are in the vaccine potentially being reactive to various different electromagnetic frequencies. Now, I just want you to consider this for a minute. What if the bioweapon that was utilized against people could be turned on, amplified, in its effect to suppress the immune system and attack the cells by things like 5G. This isn't unheard of. This isn't unheard of, I promise you. This isn't unheard of. This technology exists. Actually, one of the professors that was arrested during the Trump administration that was just, just sentenced... A few days ago, Dr. Charles Lieber at Harvard University, this is exactly what he was developing in nanotechnology through special access programs funded by DARPA. See how that all ties together? We're going to go to the lines real quick. John, what's up, man? Hey, Josh. You know, I was reading an article going back maybe 10 years ago by a structural engineer in New York City, 
And I just heard yesterday or the day before uh, some information to kind of back that up, that the, the, while they were building the Twin Towers, uh, they started construction of the North Tower, I guess, first, and they started putting asbestos in it. It didn't get very far before asbestos was outlawed in New York City, so they stopped putting fireproofing into the building uh, that's very, uh, uh, asbestos is very effective as a fireproofer. And so the, the, the North Tower uh, had very little asbestos, and the South Tower had none. And uh, that's one of the reasons they burn so quickly. And, and uh, Well, you know and, what's also and, interesting and, about that, John? Well, I, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, do you want to know what's also interesting about that? Yes. Yeah, Larry Silver, the guy who owned the Twin Towers, three months before September 11th, took out a multi-billion dollar insurance policy for the towers. Now, he was actually ordered by the city of New York to replace all the asbestos within both of the towers, which was going to cost him hundreds of millions of dollars to do. Now, isn't that a coincidence? It is. The other thing, too, is this engineer also said it was one of the most cheaply made uh, towers that was ever built. But but that's another story. The thing that amazes me about uh, the uh, coverage yesterday, about September 11th, there wasn't anything talked about. They talked about terrorists. For all we know, they wanted to implicate uh, Trump supporters or something. Why not say Islamic terrorists? Well, because you know what? Those guys that ran into the Twin Towers on September 11th were Saudi Arabian. They weren't radical, fundamental Islamists from Afghanistan that were working for the former Muhajin or the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. Instead, they were basically Saudi intelligence. But they were were Sunnis. The the Sunnis are very radical. And uh, uh, the Saudis... From my knowledge, uh, they finance, the Saudi government finances some of these radical groups just to keep them uh, happy and out of, out of their hair. And it backfired well, on them. They do. But you got to remember that this was more of a global plot to begin the process of removing American sovereignty. This is what issued, it ushered in the Patriot Act the 2004 Biological and Chemical Weapons Act, that act right there provided funding to the Defense Intelligence Agency to go out there and create the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, where in 2008 they started reconverting old Soviet biolabs into U.S. biolabs, which is the big controversy right now in Ukraine that came directly from the funding of a bill that occurred because of September 11th. Yeah, it's ironic. Uh, The Patriot Act being used against Trump supporters today. It's unbelievable. Well, yeah, and eventually it's going to be used against all Americans. Yeah, yeah. You and I are going to be included in that. Well, well, not me. <laughs> I'll be uh, be up in the mountains. Oh, but, uh, good, good for you. I, I may move up there with you. So. There we go. Okay. John, thanks for the call, man. Much Thank appreciated. Thank you. All right, let's wrap this up, guys. Listen. It pays to be prepared. Now, if you're like me, then you know what to do. You know how to go to the stores. You know what to get. You know where to get it. Those type of things. 
if you guys need more questions on these things and you want to talk to myself or or anybody on my team or, or collaborate with people on our platform, go to socialredpill.com. That's our kind of a private social network, socialredpill.com. You can join that. There's a lot of people on there that talk about various different types of preparation and survival. Um, we have My Patriot Supply, which is one of uh, one of our good friends here. You can find them. You have to use that link, redpills.tv slash patriot. Um, can't hurt to get gold and silver. Getgoldtoday.com. Dr. Kirk Elliott, he'll be with us Wednesday. But what I'm trying to tell you is that we are in a transitionary period for this country, for this world. And we need to be prepared for everything and anything. That's all I have for you today. We're going to be back with you tomorrow with more Dr. Light Show. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you then.